Welcome to a Sterling Harris Ministries teaching of thriving in a love relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Victory and God's best for you. We got a hot mic now. I'd like you to go ahead and turn, if you have your Bibles with me, to Galatians 3, 13. And God tells us in the book of Proverbs, he says, keep things before your eyes and keep them in the center of your heart, for there'll be life to those who find them. And so I can quote the scripture from my heart, but I like people to get their eyes on it and let us read it together. And this is proof that you are redeemed. So you got to know what to stand on or you'll fall for anything. When somebody comes to you and tells you, you know what, you are your past. You can't get over this. You can say, nah, uh it's my time. I'm redeemed. And Christ said so. And the word of the Lord reads, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, that would be you. That the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, that would be us. So that we might receive the promised Holy Spirit through what? Through faith. And we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when God put this story of redemption on my heart, he took me to Luke 19, which I'd like you to turn with me now, please. That will be our concrete scripture through the night. That will be the story that we're following tonight. That story is about a chief sinner. That story is about a man who decided, you know what? It's not too late. The devil probably told him, you've done too much. You've went too far in your life. Too much has happened to you. You've done too much to others. But this man had a mindset that said, you know what? It's my time. It's my time for grace. It's my time for favor. It's my time to seek and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you tonight as we read this, if the devil was one of those, if you're one of those people that the devil picks on all the time, which is every person, if the devil's not picking on you, then you might want to check your salvation. So that's all of this, right? So what I'm saying is when he comes to you with this nonsense of it's too late in your life to turn something around, it's too late to let go of a past hurt or a past pain. It's too late for your career. It's not going anywhere. Know that God has the last word. Not the doctor, not the psychologist, not, you, not the person who's gossiping about you, not that person at work who's getting on your every lasting nerve. God has the last word. So I want to set, kind of set this up for you. And I'm going to go ahead and read the first three verses. He being Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. Let me kind of set this up for you. This is at the end of Jesus' ministry. He had healed the sick. He had cast out demons. He had taught. He had fed the 5,000. He had met thousands of people at their need in the midst of their circumstance. People that the religious elite deemed unsavable, unworthy, 
unworth their time. But Jesus, he thought otherwise because he sees the center, the heart of a man, the heart of a woman. And his heart is for compassion. It's for redemption. It's for mercy. It's for love. Jesus is seeking a love relationship with each and every one of us. No matter where you've been, what you've done, who you've hurt or who hurt you, Jesus Christ is calling you in a daily love relationship so you can live in victory and live a victorious life. So here he is. It's about probably four or five days before uh, Passover that he would give his life as the Passover lamb. Then he, days before he would rise from the grave and defeat death. He was traveling through Jericho. Jericho was a, a financial hub and a large trade center. There was a lot of money and a lot of tax revenue that flowed through this area. It was one of the most prominent places in that area. And so there was a man there named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Now, tax collectors at this time, they were considered the most vile of sinners. So this time, Rome had come in and set up rule over the Jewish people. And they basically said, you know what? We're going to let you stay here as indentured servants, but you're going to pay us taxes. You're going to pay us tribute. In other words, we're, we're going to own you. We're going to put you into a form of oppression. And see, they employed not Roman citizens, but Jewish people, their own people. They employed those people, some of those people that were willing to compromise their integrity. They said, you know what, we'll employ these people to be tax collectors. And so the Jewish people were already being oppressed, and these tax collectors would come in, and they would use Roman soldiers as hired muscle to not only get the taxes and the tribute that the Romans wanted, but so they could line their pockets, they extorted money above and beyond the Roman tax. So people had less money to feed their children, send their, send their families to school. People had less money and their marriages, things suffered. So these people were considered the most vile sinners. They were considered traitors to the Jewish people. And he was the chief tax collector or the, the chief sinner. So you have to imagine he was rich. So you have to imagine all these people that he cheated and swindled and oppressed to get rich. And I think the, the next line is so amazing. He says, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. This was a man that was seeking to see Jesus. Seek means to tread a worn path. He wasn't just Christ curious. He was interested in seeking Jesus to tread a worn path like we see maybe out in the country, maybe when you're a kid and you would tread a path to a certain area. Maybe it was a playhouse. Maybe it was a, a fort that you built. And the first time you tread that path, you just see like a little worn path. But the more you tread it, the more worn that path becomes. He was he was thinking, he was saying, he was like, you know what? I've reached the end of myself. I'm seeking something different. He was rich, but we know that he had no peace. I have been there in my life. Not all the money in the world could fill the void that was in my heart. Not all the drugs that you can do will fill that void in your heart that was built for God. You cannot put finite things, things that can be measured 
in a space built for an infinite God, it can't happen. And I've tried to throw a Patron in there. I've tried to throw women in there. I've tried to throw in status, money, football in there. It didn't even hit the sides. Because it's built for an infinite being and those things are finite. There are so many idols that we make. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's some unforgiveness that you're holding on to that you think makes you. Maybe it's worry. Maybe you're a championship warrior like I used to be. I used to think a little worry wasn't that bad. And then God told me it was a sin. And I was like, oh, add that to the list. But now I'm saying, you know what? I no longer worry. I say, you know what? I'm concerned about that. I'm going to pray about it. Because now I'm releasing my faith instead of meditating on worry. Instead of meditating on fear, I'm meditating on faith. And just know when you pray, when you release your faith opposite what the devil is trying to hand you, know that the heaven, the angel armies, the ministering spirits, it says in the book of Hebrews, is backing you up. They're backing you up. Every prayer that you pray, everything you throw out in faith, they are backing your play. God is backing your play. That feels good. That feels good, doesn't it? And it says he was seeking to see, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. Now this crowd, you can imagine, here he is, tax collector, very rich, probably in the Armani suit, Kenneth Cole shoes of his day. And all these people are probably whispering like, yeah, that's the dude that oppressed me. That's, that's the chief tax collector right there. That, yeah, that dude's, that dude's worthless. He's a sinner. He's, he's reviled. What is he doing here? We're trying to say, seek Jesus, and what is he doing here? You can guarantee they were rumbling. You can guarantee they were hating. You can guarantee they were talking bad about him. And it said he could not because he was small in stature. He couldn't see over the crowd. How many times do we let the crowd pressure us when we're at work? We're at school. We're places. We let the crowd, the pressure of the world, turn us into things that we're not. And we believe the lie that we got to conform to the world. But God made us different. He set us aside as holy people for us to be different. And we got to stop walking like it, like this guy. He started walking like that. He didn't care about the press of the crowd. He said, you know what? I've got to fix my eyes on a change agent. I got to fix my eyes on Jesus Christ. Because something in my life has to change. He had reached the end of himself. He had realized that all the money, all the possessions could not buy peace. And I've realized the same thing in my life. And it says he was small in stature. Now, small in stature in that day meant you were about probably about five foot eight to five foot. Now, I'm not as short as he is, but... <laughs> I know what it's like to be small in stature in faith, small in stature in worthiness, believing that I wasn't worthy of God's love. I've been small in stature in love. There was a time that I really thought that I was unlovable because of things that I went through in my childhood. So there's times that we're all small in stature in various things in our lives. There's pains, there's hurts, there's people who've hurt us, there's people who we've hurt. And this guy right here, he was small in stature as well. So we see that he oppressed me, we see how bad it was, the crowd saw that. But see, Jesus sees who you are at the very core of your being. He sees who you are before the world hurts you. 
before your family hurt you, before others bullied you, before the devil began to dominate your mind before you came to the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees who you are past those hurts, past those pains, past the things you've done. And he said, you know what? It's not too late. If you will trust me, if you will come to me, if you will surrender your life to me, it's your time. It's your time for deliverance. And this man realized that. So what did he do? It said, so he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. Come on now. That man said, look, he's suited and booted in the best of his day. You know, he's probably got the little chain on. He's probably got a nice, a nice, little, nice little sundial timepiece. He's probably got a lot, like a little suit on. He's probably, he's probably, he's probably working it, right? But see, he's like, man, all that stuff is not making me. I still have no peace. So what did he do? He ran after Jesus. He climbed up in a tree. He said, I got, I got to climb up on this branch to see this man. He's four foot eight. I mean, it's not like he's just hopping up there like an athlete. I mean, he's, 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 you know, sometimes, sometimes you got to run past that crowd. Sometimes you got to run past those people who are keeping you down. The people that would doubt, the people that would hate on you. Sometimes you got to run past. Sometimes you got to climb up that mountain piece by piece by piece by piece. Sometimes you got to climb over those obstacles in your life. You got to say those mountains be removed and cast in the sea and don't doubt in your heart. You'll have what you say, the word says. And that's what this man did. He had reached the end of himself. He had said, you know what? Something's going to change today. I'm going to run away from this crowd who's keeping me back. I'm going to climb this mountain. I'm going to climb this tree and I'm going to see Jesus. I'm going to see Jesus. Can we have that mindset every day? Because he could have said, you know what? It's too late. These people are making fun of me. I'm out, I'm out here in my Sunday's best. This dude's not going to make a difference in my life. But he said, no. It's not too late. I haven't done too much. You see, what did he do? Why did I ask God, God, why was his heart open to receive you? Why was his heart open to seek you? And he said, Sterling, he had heard about me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I said, okay, God, tell me more. And he started to bring to my remembrance that Matthew they wrote the book of Matthew, one of his disciples was a tax collector. He said, like this young lady, he heard about a changed life. And you can argue all you want with the scripture because the Sadducees and the Pharisees that day argued it. But you can't argue with a changed life. In this priestly city in Jericho, there was over 12,000 priests there. So this man, Zacchaeus, he had seen religion. He had seen the people who just have an outwardly show, but no inward change. They're not bearing the fruit of love, of repentance, of joy, of compassion. They were legalists. And so he heard about this Jesus. He, he heard about Matthew's changed life. He heard about God and Jesus Christ going to the midst of a person's circumstance, the midst of their bondage, and, and scooping them out with love and grace and acceptance. He heard something different. He had, he, I mean, 12,000 priests, that's bigger than, that's almost bigger than the town I grew up in, all priests. But you also, you also, you also see that he didn't get anything out of religion. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to get anything out of religion either. 
Because religion has what the Apostle Paul said was it had the, the soundings and the lookings of godliness, but no power. That's like we come into this room and it's pitch dark. We paid the light bill. The light has been supplied, and we just go around just banging in the dark like this, bang, bang, bang. And we're just like, we're like, man, I can't believe the power company. They didn't send us any power. This room is terrible. I can't believe they didn't turn on, hey, turn on the lights. Flip the switch. The power's in the room. The power's right here in you, in that inward witness, in that small, still voice, in the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. But you got to flip the switch every day. You got to flip the switch when the devil comes at you telling you you're unworthy, you got to flip the switch when you get up in the morning and make a decision. You know what? It's my time. It's not too late. I'm going to live in victory today. I'm going to be that light that people need to see. I'm going to be that salt that seasons this earth. It's a decision you make every single day. Not on Wednesday, not on Sunday. Every single day you have to make a decision throughout the day thousands of decisions am I going to stand on the integrity of this word or am I going to move be moved by what I see am I going to be moved by what I feel because people will say well Sterling you're struggling you don't you're, you're not basing your life on facts I said you know what that's untrue and I, I'm, I'm going to prove it to you do you know what's going on in the spiritual realm they look at me like I'm crazy I'm like look you're sleeping on a whole dimension. I'm the one dealing in facts. I'm dealing in better than facts. I'm dealing with the truth. And I know that when I start speaking the word, when I start doing the word, it might not change my circumstance immediately like that. But I can tell you this, if you keep standing on the word of God, your circumstances will change. Your life will change. People's lives around you will change. They will see the anointing on you. And just remember this, you might be the Jesus Christ that someone needs to see that day from them not giving up on their marriage, from them taking their life, from them going back to drugs and alcohol. You might be the only Jesus Christ they see that practices love, practices forgiveness that they can see. Amen. So don't ever hold back that gift from others. Because some people say, well, I don't feel like it. I'm sure neither did Jesus. But he counted it all joy when he went to the cross for us, didn't he? So we're back to this young man that has one of those mindsets. It's my time. And it says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up to him and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. <laughs> he called him by name. Did you catch that? He called him by name. The word of God in Isaiah says that we are inscribed on the palm of his hands. A photo of you, each and every one of you, is inscribed on God's hand. He said, he asked this question, can a nursing mother forget her son? He said, yay, even if she forgets, I will not forget you, declares the Lord of hosts. I have inscribed you on the palm of my hand. He said the very hairs on your head are counted. My mama, my mama loves me. She's here in the crowd today. And she's done everything she can to make sure I live in victory. 
But I can promise you, she didn't know the hairs, the number of hairs on my head. She doesn't. And I, I have, I probably am pretty comfortable to say nobody in here knows the amount of hairs on their child's head either. Although we love them, but God does know. And not a bird will fall apart from the Father in heaven. So he knows your pain. He knows your hurt. He sees that wounded young lady, that wounded young man inside you before the world hurts you. And he's calling you every day to live in victory. He's calling you out of that sin. He's calling you, like Brother Larry said, out of that religion. Because, let's be serious, there's a lot of us in here, maybe all of us, that have enough Jesus Christ in us to get us to heaven. We got salvation. But let me ask you this question. Do you have enough Jesus? Do you not have enough word in you to live in victory? That's a question I ask myself every day. Am I taking full advantage of this gospel? Am I making this word work for me? Because if salvation was all that we needed to know, he would have gave us John 3.16 and Romans 10.10. That's all he would have gave us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he would say, hey, confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Died for your sins. For with the mouth, one confesses unto salvation. With the, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. That's all we would have needed. But no. He gave us his book so we could live in victory, not just salvation. See, God knows how to live in victory. He is victory. He didn't write this book for him. He wrote it for us. <laughs> and you've got to make the decision to put the word first place in your life and not be moved by what you see or what you feel. Amen. So he called him by name and watch what Zacchaeus did. Because Jesus said, come down. I must stay at your house tonight. It's the only place in scripture where Jesus invited himself to stay with someone. And it wasn't the 12,000 priests that were there in Jericho. It wasn't the high priest. He said, give me the chief sinner. Give me the one who's repentant over his sin. Give me the one who says, it's my time, Jesus. I'm seeking you, Jesus. Come, I'll, I need to see you, Jesus. I need to crawl. I need to climb. I need to get to you right now. Something in my life has got to change right now. And he said, like I'm telling all of you to say, do not be denied your victory. Do not let the devil dominate you. Because what did Jesus say? All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Hallelujah to Jesus. He said, and in my name, cast out the devil. In my name, heal the sick. In my name, preach the gospel to the whole world. That name is above every name. Every name that is named has to bow to that name. So when sickness comes to my house, I say, oh, no devil. I know too much. I know this word. Christ said that I'm healed. He said Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, he said, by his, by his stripes, I've been healed. It's a finished works is the book of Hebrews. So you know what, devil? It said he carried my sins and my sorrows and my sicknesses and my pains away. So you got to get out. Yo, go, go. Ah, you got to get out. I know too much. Devil comes 
Like, like beat, the devil comes for, for my finances. I say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm a tither, bro. Hold up. <laughs> Malachi 3.6, you got to get off me. <laughs> God said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing until there's no more need. He said, it will beat the devourers. You got to go, devil. You got to go. See, if you, if, you, if you know what you're standing on, you can talk to him like that. But if you don't know, you're over there, oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's God's will. Maybe he's testing me to, to, to uh, grow my faith. No. He knows it'll work. He's the author and the completer, the finisher of your faith. He knows it'll work. The parable of the sower says that the devil comes to steal the word. That persecution rises for the word's sake. Now, there's times you get tested and things like that, and God will allow that test, but too many people are putting that in the 90% category. The 90% category is a devil coming and persecution arising for the word's sake. The question is, is he going to steal the word from you? That's going to be the choice you make every day. You know what I say to him? No, devil, it's my time to defeat you. Because if Jesus got the keys and I'm his joint heir, that means I got the keys. That means you got to go. <laughs> I just laugh at him. You got to go, bro. You got to go. You got to go. And so this is how he responded. He said, so he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. You see, blessings are available. Healing is available. Forgiveness is available, but you got to receive it. And if you receive it with that joy, boy, they can't steal it from you. See, happiness happens, happenings. Happiness, happenings. Happiness, happenings. Joy is eternal. Is eternal. Forever. Forever, ever. Forever, ever, ever. <laughs> so he received him joyfully. The Lord asked me, the Lord asked me this. He, he told me to start talking about, about us being redeemed. And he said, Sterling, who has a bank account with wealth in it? And access to that wealth and does not use it. Whew. I said, who, Lord? He said, so many of my people in this world have access to my grace, to my power, to my authority, to my dominion, to my blessing, to my favor that I've given freely to them. They have access to come to the throne of grace boldly and obtain what you need boldly not kind of like jesus i don't know if it's your will but uh you know if you can bless me that'd be so nice no boldly hey god you said your word that you bless me hey i need that blessing it's my time <laughs> he said he said put me in remembrance of the word that's what he said I, i'm just that's just what jesus said i'm not gonna call him a liar you can do what you want to do but I'm, I'm, I'm if he said put me in remembrance that's what i'm gonna do So we got to receive him joyfully. And when they saw it, they being the crowd, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a notorious sinner. Huh. Hey, let me tell you this. There's always going to be people in your life that tell you you can't. There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be doubters. There's always going to be people who don't celebrate you. And here's a newsflash. The devil and the enemy are always going to be at you trying to hand you these thoughts of defeat. But like Zacchaeus, you have to say, you know what? It's my time for favor. 
It's my time for blessings. It's my time to receive. It's not, my, it's not time to listen to the naysayers and the haters. It's my time for victory. I will not be denied today, tomorrow, or any other day. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So you have the victory yesterday, today, and forevermore. If you receive it, say amen. amen. Okay. And Zacchaeus stood and soundly declared and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it. I now restore it fourfold. Whew. This man just gave about 75% of his wealth away, but he gained everything. Sometimes you got to lose everything in life to gain everything God has for you. Sometimes he will allow things to be stripped off you so you can see the blessings that are right in front of you in Christ Jesus. And he said he stood and soundly declared, you got to talk to these mountains. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, put it up there, please. Mark eleven twenty three, twenty four. 24. This, this right here, I'm going, to read, I'm going to read it for you. And Jesus was talking about having faith in God. He was talking about forgiveness. He was talking about moving mountains. And he says, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. There's always an if. And if you are praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. So your Father in heaven will also forgive you. Understand that all of God's promises are conditional. Everything is conditional. Even salvation is conditional. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. It's a free gift, but you got to receive it. You can make these mountains move in your life. You can talk to these things that are coming against you. You can stand on this word. And Jesus said, if my word abides in you and you abide in my word, ask what you will, say what you will, declare what you will, and it will be done for you. The key is, is the word abiding in you? Are you abiding in his word? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is coming out of your mouth on a daily basis? Is it victory or is it defeat? Are you living as a victim? Are you living as a victor? Are you being religious? Like Brother Larry said, are you living as a disciple of the Most High God? Are you saying to yourself, it's too late? Are you believing the devil's report? Are you saying, you know what? It's my time to live in victory. It's my time to have a love relationship with Jesus Christ. It's my time to defeat the enemy. And this man gave away so much, but he gained everything. And how did Jesus respond? He said to him, Today, salvation, victory. Today, salvation has come to this house. 
since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came and seek and to save the lost. He didn't say salvation will come to you a couple weeks from now. He didn't say salvation will come to you when all these things are done and it's finished. He didn't say when you get to heaven, salvation will come to you. He said salvation today has come to your house. Today is today. Victory has come to your house today. Victory will come at your house tomorrow. What will you do with it? Will you grab hold of it? Will you take it? Or will you give your power away to unforgiveness, to unworthiness, to doubt, to fear? Will you give your power away? You see, forgiveness is not about saying what that person did to you was okay. That what that person did with you, that you agree with it. Forgiveness is about you saying, you know what? I'm no longer going to let that person who hurt me have power over my life. I'm no longer going to give that person my faith. Because it says that faith worketh by love. No love, no faith. No faith, no pleasing God. Because it says, the word says, it's impossible to please God without faith. I'm no longer going to let this person affect my life in a negative way. They've already taken too much. They've already affected my life in a negative way. They can't have any more. And you have to get to that place where you say, they can't have any more. No matter what they did to you, they can't have any more of my victory. I deserve to be free. It's my time to move mountains. And it says you can't move mountains if you have unforgiveness. So I want to encourage you to move those mountains. To say, it's my time to have that mindset that today is the day I live in victory. And when the devil comes at you, which he will, and tells you it's too late, know that he's a liar. Don't listen to him. And what I do is whenever the devil brings me something, whatever he brings me, if it's a thought of lack, I pray abundance. If it's a thought of worry, I pray favor. So let's just say he's, he's coming at me and he's saying, you know what? Your life's not going to turn around. I'll start blessing my life over and over and over again. And I might do that 30 times a day because he might, you know, he's relentless. Those demons are always bringing those negative thoughts to your mind. Release your faith in the opposite direction of what the devil is tempting you with. That's how you battle the battlefield of your mind. And eventually those demons will be like, wow, every time, Every time I attempt Sterling, he's releasing his faith. He's going to release his faith 30 times a day. There's all kinds of stuff moving in the spiritual realm. I got to stop. I'm going to go over to Jim. Jim doesn't know what he knows. Jim's not standing on the word. I'm going to go over and get Jim and, and, and Casey and Luke. I'm not going to mess with him. Because every time I mess with him, he releases his faith. Be that bold. Now, you mess with me, you get guaranteed I'm going to get blessed out of it. I'm going to get a blessing and I'm going to bless others. So when, you, when, the, when the enemy tries to bring you something, that thought, it's too late. You have to say, it's my time. The Word of God says, if you had faith as a seed, you would say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would obey you. Notice it said, if you had faith as a seed, you'd speak it, you'd sow it. It's a, what is a seed? It's alive, it's active, it's growing. You've got to speak it. So I want you to say, it's my time. It's my time. It's my time. It's my time. 
The devil's trying to come at you. I want you to say it. It's my time. One more time with everything you got. And I want it to be a mindset that you take out of here. Don't just leave it here when you leave here. Take it with you and use it. On the count of three, I want you to yell, it's my time. One, two, three, it's my time. You better believe it. Thank you guys for allowing me to bring this word today. I really appreciate you guys letting me come and speak to you. At this time, I'd like anybody to come up here and pray at the altar if you're led. If you're at your seat, if you need to stand up, whatever it is, whatever God's laid in your heart tonight that you need to let go of, that you need to depossess, something that's possessing you, whatever it is, don't leave out of here bound. Whatever God, whatever the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart to let go of, I want you to let go of it today. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if you need to let go of something today, whatever it is, just as a physical anchor, raise your hand to God and let them know, let him know, let yourself know, declare to the enemy that you know what? It's my time to let unforgiveness go. It's my time to start living in victory. It's my time. If, if you don't have anything to bring in your heart, praise Him and lift your hand. Praise Him for what He is doing in your life. Praise Him for what He's going to do in your life. Praise His holy name. As the music plays, if you're led to come up here at the altar and, and, and lay it down, please. But do not leave here bound. Leave here in victory and take this victory with you for the rest of your life. It's your time and that's my time. Thank you. At this time, I'm going to ask everyone just please stand. There's going to be prayer counselors up front. If there's someone here today that, uh, that wants to come down here and just say, okay, this hit me. This is exactly what I needed to hear. I feel like God can do it for everyone else, but not me. But today I know. I know God can. I know, t I know today that God is able to release me just like he released Sam Samantha. I know that he's able to release, release me just like he released Sterling. Guys, if that's you, if God's speaking to you tonight, and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, then, then today it's your time. There's no greater day than to give your life to the Lord than today. Today is your time. Maybe you've been holding on to some unforgiveness and, and you want to release them. You want to become uncuffed. And, and come down today. Come down today. Grab one of these prayer counselors. Take them off somewhere. If you don't want no one to hear your business, take them off somewhere. Let today be your time. I, I love the message because I believe with all my heart, it's your time. It's your time to be free. God doesn't want any of us locked up, chained up, in bondage, carrying around baggage. Today is the day. Today is the day to be set free. As the song sings, we're going to give you a few minutes. If you're standing out there and, and, you're, and you're, you're tired of being just all balled up, you're tired of, of holding everything in, well, today, let it out. Let it go. Let it go. So many times we try to hold everything together, try to hold our marriage together, try to hold our lives together, try to hold our finances together. Let me tell you something. We cannot worship God like this right here. Let it go. 
Doesn't mean you have to let your marriage go. Doesn't mean you have to let your finances go. I'm talking about quit trying to hold it together yourself and let it go. Give yourself to God. Stop denying God the opportunity to work through you. Humble yourself and let it go. Let control go and let God have total control. This is your time to surrender it all to Christ. continue to pray. We're going to give them all the time they need, but I'm going to dismiss you guys. I want to tell you thank you guys so much for coming out. And if you're down here with a prayer counselor, you, you just got to just stay right where you are. Just continue to listen to your counselor and just you can stay as long as you want. Let us pray. Father, we just love you. We thank you for showing up today. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. Thank you for all those who have drawn to the altar, Father. Thank you for all the decisions that are being made, Lord. We just love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, God, on a daily basis. Lord, we, we pray, Father, every morning that we turn that switch on God and that we would we would wake up in the morning just thank you for our salvation thank you for what you're doing in our life thank you for our marriage thank you for our kids thank you for the the roof that's over our head the car that we drive our body God let us put our perspective in the right order God to know that Lord that we can be grateful we can be thankful and we can see the positive Father God because Lord we know that Lord you have done great and mighty things in our life Lord and are still continuing to do great and mighty things in our life we'll give you all the praise and all the glory it's all due to you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to another Sterling Harris Ministries teaching. For this and other inspired teaching and preaching, visit us at sterlingharris.org. 
And always remember, Jesus loves you.